welcome back to uh, Yin and Yang, the podcast. Uh, this is going to be episode 27. And uh, it's going to be just uh, Yin and Yang today. Um, Mr. Yin, how are you? Good, good. How are you doing? I'm, you've been gone for the oh, past week. I have been offline for the past week. Um, yes, we will. <laughs> We're going to get into that. I was at the... Um, I was in the northern, northern uh, Napa Valley area uh, that was not affected by the fire, for, fortunately. So, um, and I was uh, at uh, doing the Hoffman process. Yeah, I was doing that, um, which is a sort of meditation, psychotherapy kind of retreat. So, and. Um, I asked them actually, like, if I were to actually podcast about them, like, is there, is there a guideline? Like, do you, what's, well, I guess the guideline is basically personal, any personal information from any participants, of course, is, you know, totally out. And that's, that's totally, I totally respect that. Um, as far as the techniques that they use there, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, they're all stuff that has been done or documented in other places of therapy, psychology, or but uh, the way they synthesize it is, I guess, their own. Um, um, but yeah, sorry. Before I get into that, yeah, I just uh, I did that. Uh, but how, like, how are, how are things with you and everything too? Uh, I mean, <laughs> just dealing with kids for the most part right i did run into some friends uh recently who i didn't know or i take that back i and uh, they're my friends but one of my friends i didn't know he actually listened to one of our uh, podcasts no way yeah this <laughs> it's because of uh, the posting on facebook so his friend his really good friend said hey did you know that dan is on doing a podcast <laughs> and so they listened to it and he goes yeah that is dan oh cool i was like oh interesting so your friends are listening that's uh well kind of kinda. they only listened to one episode <laughs> <laughs> um the one episode where i talked uh my own worst enemy my friend was yeah it, my friend said it was like episode eight it was about it was you were just about to go on a date with the the girl with yellow fever oh gosh yeah yeah okay um yeah okay yeah my the my friends they listen to uh they'll listen to some um and one of the one of my friends message two of my friends messaged me right after i posted uh my own worst my own worst enemy and they were like dude james i totally feel you and uh that was uh that was actually pre pretty cool actually um i've never uh that's you know that's a it, that's a cool feeling you know like your friends or people you respect come up and appreciate what you've done so that's pretty dope um okay yeah uh so yeah i i just have some basic notes i mean yeah I, so i did the hoffman process that that we can talk about and then uh, I saw Hamilton. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, so I finally saw Hamilton. 
been reading the four hour work week i just finished that and i'm in the process of donating my car so i've got we've got a good amount ground to cover if yeah if, yeah but that's that's my basic outline for today <laughs> okay i mean what did you was there anything you wanted to cover uh nothing's like nothing off the top of my head but uh other than some of the things that you just mentioned uh, yeah. i'm primarily curious about the hoffman process oh okay sure yeah yeah because i used to work at a, a i used to work at a, a large corporation and everyone there was encouraged to go to a, a specific self-help place almost like your career would stall out if you didn't go and i never went and i, I didn't last there too long oh wow. i lasted there for a little bit over a year and it was a weekend course for like three days for 1600 and it came out of your pocket even though you're strongly encouraged to go you had to pay for it it's like 1600 bucks right or something yeah for three days and i hear that half the people more than half the people in each session is made up of people from this company <laughs> so was it hoffman related or it was just like a, some other like kind of like landmark or whatever those other companies yeah or something? yeah I, I i did hear that they eventually switched over to landmark at some point after well way after i left yeah uh the the chairman of the company wanted to go to uh he's i don't know what what his deal is but why he insisted on going to these places and insist like everyone go so he went from the very first one was was a very Asian oriented one. Okay, and then he he switched over to Landmark. I think there was like one more in between. So cool, very interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. But you did not. You've never been to like a self help thing. No, I I, I was like sixteen hundred dollars three days. Yeah, it seems like Pretty it sounded steep. a lot. Uh, everyone who went um, said it was kind of very like a brainwash kind of thing <laughs> um yeah so i prior to like i was i'm a, i'm a little anxious to talk about it because uh, you know i don't want to reveal too much so well, uh about you, you don't have to reveal too much i mean just overall impression was it helpful yeah it was and um here here's what i i can reveal so basically I asked them for guidelines and they said, you know, yeah, there is no strict guideline. Just protect people's on, on anonymity. And, um, and also, you know, for anyone who is interested or is planning to do the Hoffman process, I would say for any listener right now who's for sure going to go or is planning to do it in the near future or is interested in doing it, I'm going to give you a spoiler alert now because I will pretty much share you know i'm pretty i'll share the basic tenets and principles that they went through and um and some of the exercises that they did there because here's here's a real here's a real talk hoffman process costs 46 plus hundred dollars for a week right and that's kind of ridiculous for someone such as me or many of the working class I mean, would would you say so, or or, yeah, or is that normal? Mm, no, I I actually don't know the the classes that they encouraged me to go to at that company. Yeah, they I, I was speaking to the chairman. He wanted me to go to one in Thailand, 
What? For about, and it was like a week long, and it came with room and board, kind of like the Hoffman. But it was in Thailand, and it was like four grand. And then I would also have to shell out the thousand dollar plus airfare. Wow. Okay. So yeah, about four grand. And this was, I want to, this is like twelve years ago. Oh geez, so that's with inflation. That's quite a bit of coin. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, about right, forty six hundred. Yeah, forty, and and it's about right. Um, for I guess here here's the way I think about it. if 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 you think of it as kind of like a couple of hundreds of hours of therapy crammed into like a week or something, it could be cost effective. I guess there are scholarships for it um, that you can look up online, and I was lucky to get sponsored um, for for the process. I'm not gonna say, but you know. I'm not going to get too detailed who it was, but I was sponsored, um, you know, and and uh, from someone who appreciated my some of my previous work, my artistic work. So uh, and I real talk, Dan, like I would I seen that price tag. I probably would never go unless I was sponsored. Right. Because I think to myself, wait. With that money, I could invest maybe a couple. That's I could buy a couple stocks in in Apple or Google, <laughs> yeah. and then like, you know, so it's it's, I I the my sponsor, um, I am so appreciated to that person that uh, you know, and I remember saying because we towards the end of uh, the process, you're asked. So basically, for the whole process, you're not allowed to talk about you know your your job and politics and religion like basically divisive things but the interesting thing is you're not supposed to talk about your job it's not allowed which i found interesting so at the end we talk about uh you know what we do and also who 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 uh you know brought us here or who sponsored who spot or whoever could have been a spouse and um i mentioned my sponsor and uh, what I say was like for all his faults and for all my faults, I deeply, deeply appreciate what he's done for me. Yeah. And the amount of care and, you know, and thoughtfulness that he's he's provided. So so going to back to the process. Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, intensive, like self help stuff. Um, a lot of the people there were paying out of their pocket. Some of them were sponsored. Some of them got, I think, I don't know if anyone got scholarships, but, um, but, uh, for the most part, uh, majority were rich white people. Yeah. And there were a few, uh, non-white people as well that, and there were some, you know, deviation to that norm, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was the only, um, let's just say, there were other ethnicities, but I was the only East Asian guy. That's, I guess I can say that. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> right. And um, what I will say is okay, it's a four step process. And you can look this up online, this is all available um, for the most part. Uh, it's a four-step process that they span out with different exercises over the course of, so, what, like 
Friday through, okay, Saturday through Friday. So like what, seven days, six days? Yeah. And um, it's uh, awareness is step one. Step two is expression. Step three is compassion and forgiveness. Step four is uh, new behavior. So what does that all mean? Um, what that means is basically uh, awareness is there's extensive homework you have to do prior to um, the process. And then, um, so again, I'm, I'm just gonna have a disclaimer again. If you plan to do the process, it might be good. This is kind of like a trailer. I'll give you the trailer version. But for me, I don't like to read trailers. So if you wanna be surprised and delighted, um, you can stop listening now. Or, um, But I'll give you the trailer version, try to keep some of the excitement if, you, if it does inspire you to go or not. So the awareness part is like you do a lot of homework where you look at patterns, patterns of behavior. And certain patterns, uh, so some, I'll give you some examples. Neediness is one of mine. Paranoia, nah, not good enough, um, you know, uh, judgmental, critical, self-critical and critical of others. So these are patterns, right, that you kind of mark down. So there's a list of patterns, and I, I checked a lot. Because <laughs> basically the instructions were check ones that you feel that uh, relate to you. And uh, I, I checked them. And then what's interesting is, and this is very Hoffman, is check the parent or surrogate parent. Surrogate parent could be like a stepfather, stepmother, grandparent, grand, uh, grandfather, grandmother that raised you um, and that you attribute this pattern to. Um, and it could be more than one. So sure, I, I, um, you know, I checked, let's say, uh, I checked one pattern and then I'll check the, you know, I related it either to my father or mother. And uh, so that's the awareness part. That's part of the homework. And then from there, you, uh, you do more homework when you're on site. And it's kind of like a cool, like, you know, a little rustic, you know, area that's, it's it's still on a public access road, which is good, because then it's not it's not as much as a cult, right? <laughs> because if it was like it's it's kind of secluded, but it's not like freaking fenced off or there's walls or something, right? Um, there's okay. actually uh, so there's there's people that sometimes jog through, but for the most part, very um, um, you know in the woods and very nice, beautiful area, um, and. So we're, we're, we go to class, and classes are intense. They're like from, and you have to go to meals, right? So because they want you present for meals. And I was kind of like, what? Like, what's up with all these rules? But I just went with it. And um, yeah, so for, some of the for one of the classwork we did was, okay, take all these patterns that you have and pick up the top ones for your parents and your surrogate parents. Okay, so it's, and then kind of like, and then going through the list and really like thinking and making sure you check all the ones that relate to you or a parent. So that's uh, the awareness part. Um, and there's some other, and then we do a little bit. So like, there's, you know, the, where there's a group session and there's a smaller group session. And um, let me see, can I say the group size? It's a, 
you can think of like a regular classroom size. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'll say. Right. And then from a regular classroom size, there's a smaller classroom. Uh, there's a smaller groups that you go to and chat. Um, so there is that group therapy aspect uh, where you talk about kind of the pain that you're going through and you share it with the group. And that was good. Um, and the people from all walks of life, uh, you know, and, uh, but, you know, to- kind of skewed towards the um the i guess the wealthier side sure but um because of the nature of the the fee and whatnot but there were other people who are you know probably closer to my my range and whatnot um i may or may not edit that out uh anyways (laughs) what was i gonna say okay awareness of the patterns and the parent you got it from and a lot of the stuff they talk about is negative love patterns and they're teaching you all these terminology so some terminology is like negative love which is like do you get like you learn these certain patterns from your parents in in an effort to receive love right but they're actually patterns that kind of hurt you so like maybe neediness that, that comes out of maybe abandonment issues and for the most part Hoffman is the Hoffman process is about how much your parents fucked you up. <laughs> nice. It's 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 basically all these patterns, all these major things that are messing up your life, you can attribute and trace back either to a surrogate parent or your your parents or all of them, right? And uh, I mine was uh, my parents and my grandpa and grandma on my dad's side. They're the ones who mainly raised me. And uh yeah, so it was kind of fun tracing those back. And then there's the expression part. Okay, expression part, you you can find this. There's a GQ article that kind of talks about this. So, spoiler, you basically use a lot of phys- – they tell you not to do any cardio when you're on site. I'm like, what? Why not? Why can't I do, like, some Tai Chi? They're like, just refrain from it for the week. So we did that. We So I didn't do any Tai Chi or anything for a week. But – they put you through the ropes in another way in that you express kind of whatever feeling you have for how much for for all these things that you inherited from your parents okay so there's uh let's let's just say there's wiffle ball bats and there's pillows involved okay okay and, <laughs> and uh let's just say that and there's a lot of that okay and you know, people are crying. People are laughing. People, it's it's pretty intense. Like you're getting all this energy, this negative energy out, or whatever. And it was kind of hard for me to get into, right? And uh, at first, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, I was just like, I was like, fuck it. I'll just think, you know. I just think one guy said like, "Hey, I just thought of it as a workout," and I was like, "Okay, maybe I'll just do that." And then I started getting more into like, the, you know, yell, you know, it's like wh- where I usually don't get. I live with roommates. I live, you know, in the city. It's it's find the hard find the it's hard to find a safe space to like I don't know scream or yell if I wanted to. I, I generally don't want to most of the time, but I was like, hey, why don't I try that? You know, I normally don't have a space for to do that, so I'll try it. And it's kind of fun, you know. It's kind of like you get it out, 
and I didn't really have the reaction where I was like breaking down and crying or anything like that. But I did have kind of a reaction of, well, yeah, it's just I feel like I'm getting some whatever like it's it's not very intellectual it's more just like visceral just getting out all your um whatever uh, aggression stuff like that out um and it, it's kind of scary but like the way i thought of it was that i'm not really like beating my mom or dad you know i'm 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 be i'm hitting or i'm trying i'm in, i'm visualizing certain patterns that i'm these negative ideas you know that i'm i'm trying to hit away or bat, you know, but like smack away. So like that was kind of like the way I thought of it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, there's the awareness of your patterns that you inherit from your parents, whatever neediness, whatever. There's the expression where you kind of use a lot of physical energy and voice to express it out and get it out. And there's, you know, there's different techniques that they show you there. And that's like kind of like the first couple of days is, is, is expression and awareness of getting all this junk out, right? And, yeah. and using your body and whatnot. And it's all like, you know, fairly safe and uh, nothing that, you know, is, is too um, unheard of. Like I've had, you know, I, I've played around these ideas of like, yeah, it might, it might be good to like, you know, for example, maybe scream or something or or you know you know or bo- you know remember i told you i went boxing and i was like felt like i was hitting myself you know yeah. <laughs> like because i was so like uh because i was my own worst enemy and um basically they use they use those kinds of principles okay times you know 10 or whatever and then uh from their expression is okay so basically we spend all this time hating our parents or surrogate parents right and how they messed us up. And there's also a lot, there's a writing aspect as well. You, you're writing a letter basically outlining how you just like get it all out. Whatever resentments you had towards your parents or your, ser- your, your grandparents or whoever raised you, just get it all out onto paper, okay? And I thought that was, you know, that was cool. Uh, just kind of just let it all out. And you know, I was the only one where I wrote to my grandparents, I'm like, I'm not going to write in English, you know? So I, yeah. yeah, so they, and what was cool is like, they said, hey, if you write in a different language, write in that language. And I was like, shit, I'll, <laughs> the thing is, I don't have my phone or my laptop. Like, you're not supposed to use it, right? So yeah. I just like fucking just wrote it the best I could. And I used like, you know, romanization for the stuff I didn't understand. And that was interesting because it, it uh, first of all, it was good language training. <laughs> right. But uh, and then from there, no, I, I felt more connected. Like, oh crap, you know, that's how I would probably say it to them in real life. My, you know, my grandparents if they were still with with us, right? Yeah. So you get it all out. You express it all out, and then compassion and forgiveness is where you. What are some of the good things you learned from your your family? Okay, right? right. It's not all fucked up, right? The like who you are, your integrity, your sense of values. Like, of course, there's all this beautiful stuff that you get from your parents, right? So the scary thing about me before I went to Hoffman was like, oh god, because they there there was a video that online that used like, and I did some research on like these cult websites about Hoffman, and you know, 
uh, and for the most part, overwhelmingly positive. But there's like these one or two ones saying, oh, my husband or wife left me after they went to the, the process. Or um, one guy said like, oh, I felt uncentered afterwards. So these were things, these were, these, this, these were the apprehensions I had coming into it, right? Yeah. But I called another friend who went through, who was a graduate as well of the process, and I asked her, so what's up? <laughs> you know? And it's so funny. It's like she said, okay, it's kind of like rich white people shit, you know, but there's some good stuff. And the, the compassion part is when I finally found like, okay, I'm glad that we have they have this component because like if it was all like just hate towards the parents, I'd be like, especially for Asian people, that's like really no no, right? Like yeah, you're supposed to respect your ancestors and stuff like that. So good, there's a compassion and forgiveness part, and that part you you go back into there's a you know writing component of like thank you for this, thank you for that, and there's a component of like you know kind of just thinking of your parents as like kids, right? And then what? How did they learn from their parents? And for me there's this image of my dad that i saw in this old photo right that i kept thinking of when i was going through this this step of the process and there's this picture of my dad and he has kind of like this you know this really innocent look you know i don't know if you ever seen pictures of your your parents as kids but it's kind of alarming you know like you can tell it's my i can tell it's my dad but like dang this kid is this could be like one of these kids i've taught you know when my you know in the past or something like that is who's who seems like he needs love or something like that and there's that component um and yeah i just i was and i thought about the stories my father told me and writing the letters i noticed that my mom writing to my mom was much harder because me and my mom talk a lot more than me and my father my father and i but i know so much less about my mom's history actually I don't know. Like, do you know your family history pretty well, or? No, I I, I know some of it. That they're, they're very tight-lipped about their their childhood and their past. Yeah, yeah. Um. So, that's kind of how my my mom shared a little bit of me. My dad's a little bit more loquacious about it. Uh. But. So they also told us like just to make stuff up. That like the point is to find empathy, right? And yeah, yeah, so we just, we wrote, and uh, I wrote, and uh, there's some level of empathy there. Um, and I remember, like, yeah, some people just, like, people have different reactions. And the, the good thing is that there's no right reaction. Some people can withdraw. Some people could be, like, um, you know, some people could think, could laugh or whatever. But whenever, like, you're doing any of these exercises... You know, they don't force you to like. Oh, you have to be crying. You know, <laughs> but right. some people naturally did that, and I was kind of surprised that. And for me, I um, I'll get to it. But there's the point. I didn't really kind of like you know break down until maybe maybe a little bit towards the end or yeah. Um, so there's compassion, forgiveness. Um, there's 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 different exercises where you like you stare in people's eyes, right? And yeah. uh, you kind of like, and it's you know I've I've done some of those exercises before, but it's interesting because there's different people in the group, and I found this is so interesting. Like, 
and you see in your regular life, there's some people in your life that just trigger you, right? And I think no matter what group or social dynamic, there's certain people that like, I don't know if I really want to look in your eye or it might be dangerous if I look into your eyes for too long. I might start feeling things. And there's there's a you know, there's, the guideline is like you're not supposed to um, hit on anyone there. <laughs> okay. And you know what? That was so freeing for me because that's one of my patterns. One of my patterns is being very needy and trying to hit on every hot girl I see, right? Yeah. Um, but taking that out of the equation was just very freeing for me because I could just focus on the work and myself, right? Right. So I did. And I and then there was one person, you know, that I looked at and it was, it was just kind of alarming because um, uh, this person had very... Let's just say she, the person had very nice eyes, right? And I, and you know, I started feeling things, right? But then I started question, you know, start asking, like, okay, what am I projecting onto this person, right? What, what? All we're doing is just looking into each other's eyes, right? Yeah. And one thing they talk about is something called transference, or what we talk in layman terms is like projection, right? Where, um there there's a certain exercise where you you tell you, you you speak to each other and you you mention a certain experience you had with that person and there's a teacher present so it's all safe and it's in the love you know fairly loving environment right and um but it's kind of like i don't know if you've ever done it's like very very confrontational super confrontational but the lesson from it is that i felt these things because you reminded me of so and so right yeah and i reacted like so and so i reacted like a certain parent and then you mentioned that if you are still in it or are you out of are you free of that and um that was a that's a kind of a cool cool exercise um and uh so the, the, they're separate right so that they looking the looking the eyes thing but then all, through all these exercises, certain certain exercises can trigger something, and then the next exercise is when you mention that oh, during that exercise or during that interaction, I had this kind of reaction to you, and um, that stuff is uh, I don't know. That's something I definitely want to. Okay, they 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 do tell you don't don't use this in don't don't go, don't start telling your wife hey I had a negative reaction to you because you did this and that reminded me of my mom <laughs> like that's dangerous stuff right? right but the awareness of that the awareness of oh this is something i learned from my dad you know like one of the things was um reacting to uh uh you know fuck i'll just say, like an attractive person that was at the retreat, right? I yeah. react like they made a certain movement away from me, okay? And I reacted in a way that was like hurt, like oh. But the thing was, like, I asked that person later about it, and they said I have no mem, you know, memory of that, right? And and yeah. it was so funny, and we just kind of laughed about it because it's not about that person, you know. It's about, it's about me, right? Yeah. And I realized so much of 
all all these dates I've been on, all these freaking things where like the person didn't text me back or and what am I doing? I'm and we've already you know shit, we've already talked about this. I'm giving up my power to this person. I'm I'm saying they are responsible for my happiness, which is bullshit, right? Or they're responsible yeah. for making me feel like like oh I, I really wish you didn't move your like I I w- really wish you didn't walk away from me or something like when I was look you know <laughs> right you know but they the thing is that am I really seeing that person or not or am I projecting so so okay one thing I learned and I mentioned this in the the loved ones episode is um, my grandpa right um, he's like one of the first people to give me unconditional love okay. Um, as a child and that kind of built maybe certain resentment f- between my father and I uh, well I didn't know I, I'm a, just a baby I'm a kid but you know I recorded something right after the process when I got back to the Bay Area and uh, I might post it on our site or not but it was basically a realization I had that you know my grandpa really loved me and but my father was worried that he was spoiling me so one time i was sleeping you know um you know in the in the bed you know uh like you know in the grandparents room and then my my dad pulled me out and he he put me back in my room right and i'm like five or something yeah and i remember this memory as i was writing one of these letters and i was just like oh shit Maybe that was traumatic. And it was traumatic. I'm not going to lie. It was traumatic. At the time, I, I'm remembering it now like 25 plus years later, right? Yeah. And um, so what's my point is that uh, because of that, I, I, I think I seek out people, uh, females. I seek out females like my grandpa, <laughs> which is weird, right? It's it's not gendered, it's not gender gender uh, restricted. It's actually like so people like my grandpa are a little bit. So my grandpa kind of was a stylish guy, like to wear suits, kind of stoic, you know, but has a really warm side that he rarely show. He he only shares to to select people, right? My dad right. used to call him the samurai, right? He my grandpa was a samurai, very loyal, very very stoic and stuff. Um, and, uh, I noticed that like my ex-girlfriend like was kind of like stylish and a little bit stoic. And in some ways, like this is not, you know, like she had like similar, like feature, like kind of like the slim build and my, my, my grandpa was a handsome guy. Right. So I kind of like handsome women, (laughs) Okay, (laughs) which is, you know, whatever. I mean, pretty pretty's cool like i don't really like girly girly women but like i like kind of like yeah and um uh i was just like oh maybe that's why and so that person i had a negative reaction to i uh i i i i kind of connected some of these traits right and um and so funny it has nothing to do with her (laughs) right i mean have you ever had something similar like this or yeah uh yeah i i mean i i will say that uh when i when i go out to restaurants i mean everyone goes out to restaurants right but uh usually i i feel more attracted to the waitresses oh 
Yeah, because my mom was a waitress, and I was like, oh, you know, they're, they're very caring. They're, you know, they're very uh, easy. To, usually the, the good ones are really easy to talk to and all that stuff. I was like, oh. But then I realized what, why that is. Oh, okay. You know, because my mom was always there as a young, when I was younger, growing up. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's a, sort of the same feeling that you have towards your your grandfather. Yeah. My mom, I, I mean, she has her flaws. Uh, don't get me wrong, and uh, it's one of those things that people have pointed out to me. Hey, you, you kind of like do like a, it's a black and white thing with you. It's like you view your dad one way and you view your mom another way. Mm, yeah. And you're more accepting of your mom's flaws than your dad's flaws. And they go, why is that? And I was like, well she always had my back when I needed her uh, uh, growing up. So I, I recognize all her flaws, but she's always had my, my best interest at heart. And not to say my dad didn't have that, but I never felt that way. The one thing they, they did every morning was uh, they asked you how you feel. Yeah. And at the, at the process. And I, it's, you know, at coming, growing up in the Asian family, you're taught, for the most part, you're taught like feelings are not important. <laughs> like how you felt or how you what you you felt for you. It's basically, in, uh, for me, I was like, oh, are you are you hungry? Like here's the feelings you feel. Are you hungry? Then you should eat. Are you tired? You should take a nap. Like all the biological things, right? And then, yeah. um, you know, are you achieve? You know, are you getting good grades? Are you um, like the things about are you happy are you sad are you like though in some parts i understand where my parents are coming from like because basically you still gotta work when you're sad you still need to put food on the table you still need to survive i understand that aspect but one thing that is that i took away is that well actually you could be more productive or whatever that means or be more happy or understand if you know how you feel and kind of work with that feeling um or work with that and see how you can channel that energy into something you know so they would ask us each morning and no judging there which would i liked a lot there was no judging they would just ask and be curious you know oh yeah so one one for one thing for me was like anxiety like i had a lot of anxiety coming in i didn't want to go to a freaking cult i didn't want to go to like some brainwashing seminar right so i I mentioned like i was apprehensive or anxious and they would just ask why and i and they're like okay cool that's how you feel and uh and then they'd ask you like where where did you might my where might you get that from and my mom has a lot of anxiety and worry right and this is like it's not even sight it's not even therapy it's like so obvious to to my, my 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 siblings and i right and yeah. we all know that's from we get it from our mom, and you, we don't need a psychologist to tell us that. But what was good is that okay, what where where is the false construct? Where where is it like? Where is their real worry? What signs? What what rational uh, red flags am I seeing, or which ones am I creating for myself? You see what I'm saying? Like yeah, okay, sure. It's kind of weird that we're in the secluded area. It's kind of some of the visualizations we have to do are kind of, you know, weird and stuff. But for the most part, like, I'm not, you know, I don't have to drink any cool, you know, <laughs> I'm not drinking any, like, secret sauce or something they're making us, you know, like, 
and the food was pretty decent, but it's all like white food though. So I was the first thing I <laughs> all the first thing I did like the, the Tex-Mex shit. So which is fine. Like the food was good, right? But I am not, you know, we did not grow up eating. I did not grow up eating, you know. Oh, I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so first thing we did, I and it's funny. I, my my uh, one of my Asian homies uh, that was on in the in the group. Uh, I I uh, we we just like <laughs> we just chatted about it, and uh, yeah. Anyways, so um, we're we're like, oh, right after we get out of this, uh, after we get out of this retreat, we're gonna eat, you know, we get some ramen. We're gonna, <laughs> but anyways, not bagging on the tree. The the food was good. Um, so what was I saying? Uh, so okay, so yeah, our feelings. Um, uh, so from compassion and forgiveness we have to understand that our feelings are also important too that they're they're it's information that's telling us how we are and that we should forgive ourselves for feeling certain things you know maybe you do maybe i do feel depressed sometimes that's okay what does that mean that means i need to look at what's causing that and how you know i can use that or make some changes right and uh, this, this, there's a part about um, the dark side. Um, okay, so well, I'll, I'm going to wrap it up real quick. Step four was new behavior. I'm going to get to that step. But uh, so the it's so easy for me um, to think of a dark side okay so they break up the so they have this idea so those the there's the four steps to new transformation um uh, awareness uh you know the four steps i mentioned awareness expression compassion forgiveness and uh new behavior then there's also the four aspects of being that they have they call it the quadrinity right and this is all stuff you can find online they call it the the body, the physical body, the intellect, which is like the rational thinking mind, and then they have the emotional, the emotional self, which is like kind of like the childlike, playful, emotional side, and then there's something called the spirit. Okay, so the um, this is something I think you and I would have the most. I know for me, I had the most trouble understanding because. I do not have a religious background. I don't plan to have a religious background anytime soon. This idea of spirit, soul, it's kind of like woo-woo, ha-ha stuff, right? Yeah. Um, now, but when they said, okay, we want you to, you know, uh, express, we want you to think of your dark side and what are the things, what are the negative thought patterns and things that th- that side is telling you? And I don't know. For me, I was like, wow, I can actually have a much more concrete idea of this dark side than some sort of spirit side, right? And I asked one of my teachers about it, and she had a really interesting response. It's kind of like the amygdala, right? The reptile brain. Because I think, you know, they kind of know that I'm like, I'm like the science guy. But so they, but at the same time, I think that's something that they, uh, that she was curious about too. It's like, basically, we're all trained to see the negative in things. The, we're trained to see the red flags and everything. Why? Because of survival, right? 
oh, yeah. is is the water right? You know, the the flood outside is it rising, or is it um you know, or it's like, you know, is there a fire? What's that smoke? You know, so the thing is that we translate that into our everyday lives, and so so now we start we start inventing red flags, or it, it, that process becomes over, you know, productive, and um, but why can't I think of a spiritual side or a positive side? And I, the thing is, I think I was kind of bumping against the terminology, like the light side or whatever. And there's also this this thing they call the spirit guide where it's like a connection to something higher. And I was like, well, I'm not down with that. But what kind of connected me eventually was like, okay, what's chi, right? In Tai Chi, yeah. right? What's chi? It could shoot it's just another word for spirit right or like air or like yeah. energy or you know in the Tao Te Ching they they, they even quoted it in, in, in um, you know they have a lot of cool quotes and like they give you like a nice uh, there's there's like papers they give you and um, so and I was like Tao Te Ching right they talk about the way right or yeah. from one way there's you know from one way there's there's 10 million and from 10 million there's one way you know and i was like okay yes. right so what i'm really bumping against is maybe just the wording and like christian like it's it's similarity to christianity or catholicism whereas like actually i've had this concept already for a long time since practicing karate <laughs> you know right i mean so okay the spirit, okay, intellectual side, I get it. Maybe left brain stuff, right? Uh, emotional side, maybe that's more the whatever, the emotional aspect of the brain or or whatever. Uh, that I can kind of get. I still, you know, and then the body, of course, is the physical cells of your body and you need to exercise, take care of it. But the spiritual self, that's kind of like, yeah, the intuition, your E, your chi, this side that where created, creativity comes from. So it's so easy for me to think of the dark side and I, I'm so drawn to it. And I, I want to draw creativity from my dark side. And what was really a kind of opening for me was my teacher says, well, guess what? That's not where your creativity comes from. Your creativity comes from, you know, your light side, your, your spiritual side. I was like, huh. Now you can take the experiences of darkness that you've, you've experienced and the tragedies and things that, that hurt you and interpret them but the actual thing that's interpreting and creating art or or podcasts or or um you know beautiful things is your spiritual side or this the e or, or the the Tao or whatever you want to call it and i was like oh i, I mean that that was something i had i had to process right and um uh, that I kind of I came to myself, and my teacher helped me along in saying like, well, yeah, it's like it's not from your, it's not creativity comes from your spiritual side, was what she told me, and I was like, oh crap. And there's this whole exercise where we kind of like get rid of our dark side, you know. And it's so funny because we have to. So um, okay, spoiler alert. Um, in case anyone's gonna do this. so you those those remember those letters I told you the negative letters that you're you know. And right. stuff like that, and all the, um, it's like all the, there's there's another ex like you write out all the shit that you you that you hate about yourself, and you have to let it go. And I said you have to go burn it, you know. And um, 
I wanted to keep some of it. <laughs> <laughs> I they want okay. So um, here, I'll let me say in more vague terms in case I want to edit out the burn part. So, so we, for the dark side and for the the letters and stuff, we have to get rid of it, right? And I told my teachers, hey, I kind of don't want to get rid of it. I kind of want to keep like a, a scrap or something, right? And they're just like, no, that's your dark side telling you that. Just get rid of it, you know? And uh, it's interesting because I was not the only one. There's other classmates who were like, wait, 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 wait. What about your dark side telling you you don't have enough? So you have to, you, you have to get, you, it keeps you driven. It keeps you more ambitious to succeed and stuff. And um, they're like, well, you know, is that, are you trying to succeed out of what? Lack, out of fear? Is that, you know, like, is it, if, if, if it's coming from the dark side, I don't know if it's so, if uh, that's so helpful to you, right? And I, anyways, eventually I had to get, I just got rid of it. And I don't have any copies of that stuff. I kind of wanted to, like the guy who wrote this GQ, uh, I'll, I'll leave in the link below. But he wrote, a, he went to the Hoffman process, and he he kept a copy of the dark, like the angry letters he wrote his parents. But uh, I just, uh, I just let them get, you know, we just got, we just got rid of, we destroyed them, right? And um, it was kind of freeing, actually. Uh, I kind of want to rewrite them just to see, just to get it out on paper again. But at the same time, I'm kind of fine with them gone from existence <laughs> right okay sorry where are we on time okay i've been talking sorry um okay so let me finish it up with uh the the new behavior so compassion forgiveness we get rid of our dark side and we talk about this yeah and then throughout this whole thing we talk about the spiritual side and i kind of had that kind of breakthrough towards the end of oh maybe there is there is something to it and now I, I think because of the process, I'm trusting myself more. And that's where we go into new behavior. And the new behavior, they, they incorporate the things that are taught in the different exercises. Like one of them is something I'm practicing every day is, you know, um, three things you appreciate and three things, three things you appreciate about yourself and three things that you're grateful for in your life, right? And then try to write that down each night before you go to sleep. And it's kind of like a cool way to rewire, rewire your brain instead of thinking all of, oh, of all the regrets of the day or all the things that you have to be doing. You just think of, wait, wait, hold on. What do you actually appreciate about yourself right now in this moment? Okay, and what do you really, and what do I really appreciate about, oh, well, there's another thing. We have to speak in, uh, I have to speak in the first person. Yeah. <laughs> because and it's interesting because once i start speaking in the first person it kind of changes the feeling of what i'm saying right so okay so i write down the three things i appreciate and i write down the three things i'm grateful for and i have to think in the moment oh i'm not so my my life is not so terrible right yeah. and um and then, uh, so quick example would be like my friend uh, that passed away in the other the loved ones episode. I mentioned my friend who passed uh, from cancer, and I was beating myself up about, you know, not watching that movie he recommended earlier and seeing some of the signs of like maybe uh, I should have done something more creative with him. But I thought about it. It wasn't until after the process I thought about it, like wait when I was thinking about things I appreciate and things I'm grateful for, 
they did this they we do this exercise and this is the okay this is the keystone exercise of the new behaviors called recycling right so i did this exercise called recycling and i realized oh i actually made a movie with him like three years ago like two when, when he was still sick like it's like a two-minute movie and i totally forgot about that but it was something i did appreciate i'm grateful for oh and i because I was so focused on the things that I regretted and did not do with with my friend that passed, I forgot about all the good things that I'm grateful for that you know you know the times I had with him um yeah, before I get into recycling did you, do you yeah any questions or yeah <laughs> no, yeah, okay, so new behavior this is something that y'all can take home, so recycling is basically you think of a so I'm going to give you the cliff note, the cliff notes version. So you think of a um, an event in your life where a pattern was triggered. Okay, for example, um, my friend uh, thinking about my friend that passed. I I'm in my bedroom and I th- I'm thinking about him and where do, do how how do I feel? I feel physically. How do I feel? I feel like I'm kind of slouching. And um, take it up, you know, ten percent. So I'm slouching even more, and I'm I'm just really living in that regret. So the pattern is regret, right? And I'm yeah. really slipping into that pattern of regret. Where do I feel it localized? I feel localized, maybe for me personally, in my left left temple. Okay. So take I from my left temple. I reach in and I grab that regret. Okay. So I I, I visualize reaching in and grabbing and pulling out that regret okay what do i see in my hand okay don't make it up just let whatever comes to you and i i see green goo okay i i slap my hands together i rub my hands together and i let you know my spirit my intuition my you know my positive side transform it i rub it and i let the heat the friction uh the heat friction uh rub it and transform it i look at my hands oh okay in my mind i see pink i don't know looks like pink light or something right i take that and i put it back into my left temple i let it fill me right and i let it fill me with like light or uh you know whatever that that my spirit has transformed it to i let it fill me to my toes and I really embody that new feeling, okay? And I, I kind of let, now I'm, I'm kind of like, right now I'm sitting in my chair and I'm fuller, my posture's better. And I feel like kind of like doing Tai Chi, like my the Chi has filled out my, um, my, uh, my external limbs. And okay, now I go back to that scene of where I'm alone in my bedroom thinking about my friend that passed. And uh, okay, I go through that scene again uh, instead of regret, what do I feel? Appreciation, maybe, yeah. I I feel appreciation for those moments we did have and that I was able to be there with him and his last, on his deathbed, right? Right. And, um, okay, and then I'll write that down and I'll make notes. So that's that's recycling. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of like, what is that? That's like a weird ass. Basically, it bypasses your intellect. 
like intellectually like why does that work sure there's there's what what you're doing is what i'm doing is i'm building new neural pathways right i'm taking a sp specific experience where uh, my my neural pathway is so rigid in the negative pattern that my my neurons go through that cycle much easier right um, it's kind of like the browning effect, right? The browning effect is basically if you have a certain chemical or molecule, it's going to go down the easiest path, right? So that's my easiest path is regret. Okay, now what I'm doing is I'm going back and thinking I'm letting my spirit, my intuition, create other alternatives. And well, that's one thing I really liked about the process is that there's no prescribed solution for every pattern you have. You actually have to come up with each solution. So for regret, I've come to great uh, gratefulness, right? And um, no, I, I kind of like it. And it's it's helped me coming back, transitioning back into the world. I, I'll find myself falling into certain patterns. And I'm like, wait, maybe there's another alternative of like how I can look at this, right? So intellectually, like you and I have talked about this a lot, right? But doing some weird ass kind of uh, spiritual activity or something, for some reason it kind of pushes it up a level you know what i mean yeah like i'm actually yeah. physically rubbing my hands and doing this shit and like it's kind of like why i do you know martial arts as well because it kind of incorporates all four steps right you know i make i might have i'm aware of certain feeling like maybe i'm feeling angry so then i express it by hitting a bag and then i have compassion and forgiveness because i i mean I'm hitting that back because it's getting out. It, it, I'm because it's coming out of love for myself, and it's something I want. And I, and when I'm hitting the bag or whatever, I'm realizing I'm making realizations of oh, that anger is not really about that person or whatever. It's more about how I'm reacting to that person. It's something I can control because like you can't control other people. I can't control other people, right? And then there's then the new behavior is. Um, so after I hit, you know, hit a bag or something, then the new behavior I can do recycling, or I can just be, you know, oh, uh, now I'm in a better place and I can act, you know, accordingly. So, anyways, what I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be that specific activity, even though that specific activity has been kind of helpful. But the, like, it's some, it's a perspective I can use in incorporating into my martial arts as well. I think, yeah. Okay, sorry, I've been talking for a long time. Sorry, man. <laughs> I mean, no, no problem, man. I mean, is that I, interesting to you at all? Or you're like, man, James is crazy now. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it, it's just, it's it's something that, uh, it's always a curiosity when people go to these types of retreats. And a lot of people are, are not as open about the whole whole process or what they've learned from it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think. It's hard. It's it's actually kind of hard to find this kind of stuff online. I, I think the reason being is that uh, I'm not. A, I'm not, like the teachers have to go through extensive training. You know, like two years or so. So for me to say certain things, like maybe you know what I just said is for the most part I fairly accurate. Um, but uh, you know, there's probably some nuances I'm missing. And I, I don't like like I said in our disclaimer in and young disclaimer, <laughs> you take what you can. But we're not. Uh, I'm not a trained professional in this, right? But right. Uh, but 
what I just said is the if you get the basic principle, I think it's something useful, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's why this kind of people are hesitant to talk about it. also because it's kind of like their trade secrets when the, like the, all the things like I said all the things I said other th therapy practices psychotherapy practices do it but Hoffman's the only one that kind of crystallizes everything into like a seven day you know retreat and uh and and they really and they've been doing it for about 50 years and you know I, I really like it like I I definitely thought of you actually like oh you know what you might like it but <laughs> because what's interesting is that you know I, I I really look up to to you right because you have kids and you're you're also doing this and you're also trying to balance work as well right but it's also I think important for self-care and there's other there were other classmates of mine who had kids or established careers or are much older than me and I'm like wow okay it's not only sexually frustrated single guys who are here <laughs> <laughs> it's uh all you know people who you know uh, from different walks of life males females um and uh yeah so that was kind of good to see I, I guess yeah that guess what like a kid is not gonna solve like a child is not gonna because that's that's some kind of weird I uh, false construct I had was like oh once I marry or have kids I'm gonna be better <laughs> yeah that's yeah don't don't think that at all don't think that at all huh okay no but because once uh, once you have kids it becomes a whole new dynamic get getting married is one a whole new dynamic too because you start to learn you kind of learn about yourself yeah um, i think because you the the way you react to somebody new and, and somebody's a uh, different perspective depending on who you marry obviously um if they are able uh, how they deal with things and how you deal with things and it, it's always a learning experience right and things that you Things that you might think that are just normal are completely not normal based on your upbringing. Mm. Uh, I, I know that the way I think is is shaped by my, my experiences and, and whoever raised me and I inherited a lot of their, their values of what's, what's right and the proper way of doing things. And it's not universal at all. So yeah, like, I mean, what 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 do our parents do? Like, all, all they can do is get learn what they about parenting from their their parents, right? And and yeah. then parenting, maybe they can compare it to other families. But the, you're right. Like, every family dynamic is very different. You know, it's it doesn't translate to other families right each family has to figure out oh like my family i our family i i uh, we have to figure out how what works for us and that's just there's no guidebook for that you know no i mean you can read all the books you want on like parenting but in the end there's going to be dissenting opinions from both sides yeah yeah and 
I do believe that it is important to do research, like maybe take top three books in whatever top. So, you know, Tim Ferriss says, take the top three books of whatever field and read them just then. And you basically you've you've already by reading the top three books in any field, you are in the top 85 percent now. You know, like it's it's kind of it's a good it's it's a interesting idea. And it's like, oh, so with parenting or, or whatever, the, these kind of psychotherapy therapy things. Um, now I'm in like this. I'm one of the, I'm part of this elite class. Right. Of people who've gone through this process. Right. And yeah. um, OK. One thing I really liked towards the end, it was like, oh. Don't. They tell you, don't believe that you had to do this to be well. Don't believe that now you're cured. Don't believe that I, I, you know, don't believe that now you can just go ahead and cure other people as well. That's dangerous thinking, right? Because what I'm responsible for is my own life. And what I'm responsible for is my own happiness. Hoffman process can help me. Uh, I can help other people, sure, but it has to be if I help myself first. Right. Right. And uh, and basically, the Hoffman process is about uh, basically it's kind of like using experiential. So basically, um, you know, people physically or emotionally or going through certain exercises to find self-compassion or self-love like the the work of Brene Brown right she's a TED speaker and um, kind of like finding that vulnerability and also love for yourself because it's kind of like the os- oxygen mask right if you yeah. don't put the os- oxygen the lo- give your love self your love first your oxygen mask to yourself first you can't help other people because you'll you'll be dying you know you can't give love to other people and that's something i you know they tell us to make vows or visions for our lives and that's and that was a common one that came up you know and that was one for me as well is that i want to love myself more and um i think i'm better at it now yeah yeah but uh, guess what like i still have a lot of work to do and the hoffman process did not cure me you know i <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, think of all the people who do not need to be cured. Sure. How many people can you think of? I, I it's probably like Dalai Lama, and Richard maybe, Branson. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. He seems maybe pretty, Richard Branson. He, he seems very comfortable. And a lot of people who have found success and who are very comfortable in their skin probably don't need to be cured. Yeah. Yeah. And. uh the, the the idea is that you're actually already beautiful. You're actually already awesome. You know? It's just that through programming, through uh the the different through the bad pat through the negative uh love patterns that you learn from your parents, grandparents, whatever, and then how the society or the world reinforces or um you know those kinds of ideas that's what you know it then it starts muddling the that really beautiful part that's that's in all of us right 
Now that's a belief that might be a construct, right? That you're actually that there is a spirit or there is a you know chi, but so what? <laughs> yeah. So what? It's a good, useful construct, and there's studies in quantum mechanics where um, thought affects the outcome, right? So if thought can affect the physical world, the thought is a physical thing because it's neurons going through your brain. Now, if you can have a thought about this positive side of you, it can might it might actually manifest itself in you know whatever you know your actions, your behavior, and that could manifest into physical. Um, observable things in the real world so why not you know um i asked my teacher like wait is it all so wait is it all our parents fault (laughs) (laughs) and she says you know they as a kid when you're like vulnerable um they're the ones i guess it it's you think so you believe that well I mean, they are basically shaping your view of of how things are. Yeah. The did, did you ever watch that old Brandon Lee movie, The Crow? Dude, I love The Crow. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that scene where he talks to the the mother who's like a drug drug addict, and she's like, he said like, "Mother is the word of God," you know, to all the blah blah blah. And I was like, "Oh yeah, that that's a great line." Do you, do you remember that line? I, it's been like about, talking about it's been like fifteen years since I've seen, seen that movie, but um, it's been like yeah, it's been a long time for me too. But there's a there's I, that scene, uh huh, okay, uh, where he says, "Mother is the name for God." Uh, I'm looking it up right now, <laughs> and in the lips and hearts of little children, yeah, mother is the name for God. In the lips and hearts of little children. Oh, I do kind of remember that. I remember that I was like, what? He's saying something really cool. I don't get it. Because <laughs> I watched it when I was like a teenager, but yeah. Oh, Jen just got back. Oh, okay. You have to head That's out? That's my dog running away. Oh, okay. Um, pretty soon. Pretty soon, but, yeah. You know, but the thing is, like, that that resonates, right? Yeah. And that's very applicable to this this, this conversation we're having. Yeah. Uh, I. Yeah, for me, it was my grandparents and then my parents. Um, because when you're a kid, and then it's it's like, you you think you think it's all your fault, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, daddy's not home. That's my fault. Oh, you know, gr- grandpa is not as close to me now. Oh, it's my fault. You know. And, but the thing is, like, yeah. it, when you grow up with like a very Chinese background, they kind of reinforce those negative, negative parts. Yeah, and where they learn that from, they learn from their parents and their parents, and uh, and uh, in any case, any let, case, let's talk about Hamilton. Let's talk about positive. Okay, things. let's look. Let's talk about. Anyways, uh, okay, last thought on Hoffman. Yeah, good, good stuff. I recommend it. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you have the money, if you're like super, you know, if you have enough disposable income and you really feel like you need change, yeah, it gets my, it gets my approval. Uh, now, I think there are probably more cost-effective ways, possibly, for people who don't. Um, but I do think it's probably one of the most unique things I've ever experienced in my life, and I think. Uh, you know my sponsor i'll briefly (laughs) okay hamilton um 
saw that last night. Uh, I was just coming back from the Bay Area, um, and uh, it was good. Uh, the thing was this: I so I saw it at Pantages Theater, right? And yeah. uh, I I I've been listening to that Spotify freaking playlist of Hamilton like a couple months ago. I was listening to it like nonstop. <laughs> non-stop <laughs> anyways um and i what was good about hamilton like seeing it in person so i bought it months ago so i only i only paid like 130 or something like that and the guy yeah. next to me paid like 300 plus dollars you know because <laughs> wow. he bought them much later so yeah. um so i was i'm grateful for that and uh Dude, like the the group in LA is pretty dope. I, is it the same group that you saw in SF or? I don't Probably. Know. I, I figure it's like one traveling group. Okay. Like, uh, was there was, uh, I, I don't know. Can we talk about like what they wear? I guess. Well, like the guy with the afro was he in in he had like really crazy hair. Is he in? Was he in yours? I don't think so. Like, but, but the the time we went, I think there was like. A couple of substitutions. Oh, and because like there was a substitution for mine as well, or like there was a standby that became Hamilton for for mine. Oh. But he was good, you know. I I didn't know until I saw the actual pamphlet, I guess. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, it was it was now uh critiques uh so okay okay well, good was that I can actually see the play and kind of visually conceptualize how the story flows right and there's some parts in the spot there's only a few sections not too many where the spotify does not cover it it's just like you know some dialogue right like lauren's uh, the section about lauren's right um and uh wait do you ever hear this phrase is lauren's uh was it like lauren's life um it's like, oh, is Lawrence alive yet? It's, it's like it's like a catchphrase. I didn't get it. I guess it's a meme or something. But, anyways, uh, the thing is, like, it it was just basically a kind of like a copy of the the Broadway one. I think. Well, that's the idea. That's right? the idea, right? But I just found myself saying, "Oh, this sounds just like the Spotify list," or, and. Uh, but like better and it's live which is great and there's some acting i see them but it's kind of just like a cop i i the guy who plays like hamilton sounds just like lin-manuel miranda and what was cool is that the night i went lin-manuel miranda came out at the end <laughs> yeah i saw your instagram feed, yeah so. yeah i i think that's legal i can post that if not they can invite me a cease and desist just like the hoffman people who are going to do that uh, <laughs> um <laughs> And uh, so I just found myself being like waiting for something different. I, does that make sense? Like I was looking for some sort of interpretation or something that I, I enjoyed it. I'm grateful that they made a very successful reproduction of the, you know, the, what I was expecting. Um, right. But I was just hoping maybe they would do something unexpected just a little bit. But for the most part, it was what I expected. Really good show. No, nothing surprising but uh that i would say that was that's also my critique as well yeah like like maybe like a different way to say the line or 
maybe a different way. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I talked to my wife about that, but they were trying to make it so that people who want can't make it to the Broadway show get nearly the same sort of experience. But the thing of like the lead actor basically sounding like Lin Manuel Miranda, maybe that's his voice. I don't know, because he was well, like, I think like he, the yeah. king, the king. I don't. I mean, he sounds exactly like the Broadway musical recorded cast list, right? Yeah, and except like the he hits one line that's a little bit different. Instead of like, he hits the. Uh, I know for my night, instead of saying. Where did da 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 It like he he, yeah. he he hit one line a little bit differently, which was I was like, oh, cool, something different. But I also felt myself like, oh, you know, he didn't hit it as hard, right? And yeah. uh, that's fine. But that yeah, you're right. That was like for me. That was like, oh yeah, this basically sounds exactly like the cast recording. <laughs> um, and did you like that, or did Jen like that, or like? I think she's more accepting of that that idea. It's like when they cast for the the replacements, they're trying to find someone who kind of do the same things, you know, to bring about the same sort of emotions. Right. Yeah. Because they're trying to capture a liquid in the or liquid or gold in the bottle a second time, and just like trying to duplicate it and replicate it, which is probably. Uh, I, I don't know if you are familiar with the musical The Color Purple. Oh, okay. I, I've seen the movie, but not the not the musical. I, I've never seen the movie. I've never seen the, the musical, but I was watching the Tonys last year, and, and the the lead, uh, Cynthia Revo, she's her voice is like crazy amazing. Yeah. And when she decides to leave the show, the, the producer's like, okay, let's wrap it up. We can't replace that girl. Wow. So, yeah, so if you go if after this go on YouTube and look for Cynthia Revo Tony's and then like every time I watch that it's like I'm really blown away. And I'm not even there. It's not not even live. But when you watch it live I'm sure it's like a way different experience. And in order for them to replace her they would have to find someone who could replicate that feeling of that voice is just so out there. Hmm. Cool. All right. I guess we can wrap it up. Um, well, a few notes. Sorry, I I have a few notes on the. Okay, just a disclaimer about the Hoffman process that I just mentioned. I left out a lot. Obviously, I left out many different things. Uh, so please don't take this as a as a guide for like how the Hoffman process really is. There's a lot of things and steps that I took out be just because of time constraints and memory. So. Um, just want to throw that out there. One bit of homework that they gave us, um, you know, was just to hug hug your parent and say, if they're still alive, and say, I love you, right? Right. And so I saw my dad uh, a couple of days after the process, and um, the night before I left back for L.A., we had a pretty good talk, and he mentioned, um, yeah, he he recognizes that he was a little hard on us, my, my siblings and I, and there's there's some guilt there. And uh, I thought that, wow, that's pretty, you know, he has mentioned some of that a little bit before, but like, he to, towards me, like guilt towards raising me, uh, I was, I was, I kind of appreciated, 
you know, his, his, his vulnerability, right? And the next day, as I was leaving to go to the airport, kind of rushed, and I, I hugged him, and I said, I love you, right? He's like, oh, okay. And then, <laughs> and then I'm stepping away, and I, I was like, I had this feeling like, okay, shit, maybe I'll say one more thing. And I said, dad, you're a, you're a good dad. You know, don't worry too much about it. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of like looked at me like for a, a split second and he's like you better hurry to the airport <laughs> <laughs> he's like yeah uh, yeah better hurry to the airport you know and right yeah and that was it and that was that was great that's exactly what i kind of i mean whatever it is that that's the way it was supposed to be and that was that's the way it happened so yeah okay um shoot yeah i, I should and speaking of which i should probably pack for Start my pack. trip tomorrow um any last words or any thoughts or on your end or yeah no we, we can we can i'm sure when you get back or the next podcast we'll have other things to discuss sure i, I can do a whole like asia thing um yeah. uh but uh i guess uh my quickly language corner thing to do is uh 自身难保. So that's Chinese. 自身难保就是说,自身 is your, your own body. 难保 means uh, is uh, hard to take care of. So basically, it's a phrase that you might say when, um, oh, uh, I see these poor, these poor um, dogs on the, on these, these uh, dogs. It, yeah, I can't really bring them into my house and take care of them because I can barely take care of myself. Basically, it means I can barely take care of myself, right? So maybe I'll call animal control to help them take care of. But like, you would use like, uh, I myself, I don't have the mental energy or financial energy to take care of this situation because I can barely handle it myself. So yeah, that's my word. Um, anything on your end or? Uh, I, I know that uh, it's it's like a borrowed word. Yeah from from english it's <laughs> i don't know why i'm thinking about this right now yeah uh it, it's it's so planned <laughs> yeah i love it yeah what is it <laughs> i don't even know what it is i love it yeah. it's something really perverted in japan and it's uh my my ta for japanese class in at uh in undergrad told me about told the whole class about it i don't know why it was like well there was only a bunch they're all guys in this class oh okay and he was telling us about soapland so if you're in japan maybe you should go seek one out <laughs> but Soapland. you can look it up yeah you can look it up i i i kind of know what it is but um okay thank yeah. you dan uh <laughs> soapland yeah all right yeah anyways okay. anyways thank you uh Enjoy take care trip. have a safe trip thanks man all right see ya bye bye Relationships getting you down